you for listening to this message from the North Gate. As you can see, I got, I got four Bibles up here. So I have no idea how this is going to land tonight. I have no idea how this is going to land. But I do know that tonight was historic and significant. I would say this all day. June the 4th will continue to be a memorial stone for us in a shift of this is what I want you to hear in this hope unseen is about to become seen. If you're hearing anything I'm saying tonight, you can't give up right now because hope unseen is about to become seen. There's some things that's about to reveal itself because you're beloved. There are promises. Listen to me. There are prayers. There are dreams. They're about to fully manifest themselves in this house. I'm, I'm telling you. I walked this property at 8.30 and then came in here at 9 o'clock. And when I came in the room, all I could do was begin to weep. All I could do was begin to weep and just be thankful. And I'm like, Abba, how do I get the people to understand what you're about to do in this time? How do I get you to understand? And it's this simple. It, listen to me. It's this simple. Know you're loved. Know you're loved. Your salvation is found in your hope. We have tried to deliver the message of the salvation of Jesus Christ through fear of not going to hell and the fear of not being good enough. But I'm telling you, it's now for the hope of the unseen. It's now understanding that all of his promises are yes and amen. And he is a father that wants to give good gifts to his children. He is a father that wants to give extravagant gifts to his children. But I want us to begin to understand we're the treasure in his hand. That message comes in for the family, but it didn't come for the family till it came to me first, you first, and then us first as the whole, as a treasure. And we need to understand that it's not about elitism. It's not about saying us that are connected with Apostle Damon. I'm telling you right now, it's those that are connected to the fivefold. Those that have stood their ground in the operation of the gifts, not being ashamed of praying in the Holy Ghost. Not Listen, not being ashamed of being a little bit weird, a little bit peculiar, a little bit uneasy, a little bit different, but knowing that we are being led by the Spirit and those that are being led by the Spirit and being a Spirit-filled church, those that are led are called sons and daughters. And in the announcement of sonship in the earth like never before, it's not about just saying I'm a son. It's understanding I'm loved by dad. And when I'm loved by dad, he's never going to let me down. And when I love by dad, he's always going to stand in my corner. And when I'm loved by dad, there's inheritance that come to me, even when I didn't earn it, even when I didn't deserve it. We're talking about the real salvation of the cross. I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. But yet he shed his blood for me. While we were still yet out of cadence, sinners that weren't in a pace, we found the straight and narrow through the love of almighty God. And then what? Heaven's our home? No, heaven's here. Heaven's not my home afar off. Heaven's my home now. And religion quivers at that. They quiver at reclamation. They quiver at you reclaiming the earth. They quiver at you reforming the earth. Literally, Talani right. sitting with a kid in school goes, I hate him. I walked in the school. Talani goes, there's Papa Jimmy. I love him. Kid goes, I hate him. 
She goes, how the heck do you hate him? What did he do to you? She said, because it literally was a demon manifested. I don't like to talk about that much, but it was. Literally, because demons will tell the truth. He has a plan to take over the whole city, right? But it's not in hierarchy. It's in hope and love and dreams and entrepreneuring and salvation and miracles and wonder and the kingdom of God being established in the earth. That's what it is. You can turn me down just a little bit because I'm ringing. So this is what happens. Today I come on the property and I begin to walk around and I begin to just ask Abba for this land. And in that, while I'm doing that, Apostle D had a dream, he said, four nights ago. And he went to send it to me, but I was in Myrtle Beach. He didn't know I was in Myrtle Beach. And Abba told him to wait. This morning when I got done praying in here and I got home at 1030, I'm home at 1030. I looked down, my phone didn't go off because mama had it on do not disturb. I don't know how she did it. I know how to silence the ringer. She knows how to make it that I don't realize that the phone's working on vacation. And it has like a little moon thing on it. And I'm like, what is that? How do I get rid of that? How did I even get on my phone? Tina goes, I put it there. I'm like, <laughs> okay, all right, awesome. So I didn't know Apostle D had texted me because this morning when he woke up, Abba said, it's time to release the dream that you dreamed with Jimmy. And I need you guys to hear this. Me first, you first, us first. Anything that has to do with me and him has everything to do with you. And so in this, I'm here praying. And those that were with me here this morning, you understand the Kales brothers and Nietzsche and Nika and some of them understand the frequency and the, the, the literally the reclamation and the literally announcement of the order of Melchizedek. We kept declaring the order of Melchizedek, which is the order of the priesthood of Jesus is here in the city. Like we were claiming all these things today and it got wild in here. It got weird and it was awesome because Abba was with us. So when I get home, this is what I find as I'm talking to Tina and telling her all the weird stuff that happened in prayer meeting. It said this, Apostle D said, I had a dream about you. I felt it was the right time to share this morning. In the dream, you and I were talking Sorry, me and you were taking all of the pulls and knobs off of a set of cabinets in your house. Hear what I'm saying? In your house, he's taking access to all the knobs and doors off everything in the house. He said, we were working together and casually enjoying one another's company. But there was a sense that what we were doing had significant and was even holy. Once all the knobs and pulls were removed, you looked at me, and I love when I talked to him and said this later. He said, it was in perfect Jimmy fashion. He said, we were doing this in the dream, and you were doing what I asked you to do, but you were kind of thinking in your mind, why are we doing this? He said, but your submission, you were going to do what I asked because you trust me. He said, that was one of his favorite parts of the dream. He said, once all the knobs and poles were removed, you looked at me and said, pop, listen how I dressed him. I addressed him not as a hierarchy, as a dad. I said, Pop, now that all the pools have been removed, how am I going to access what's inside the cabinets? At that point in the dream, I began to explain to you, I had installed a new technology through your entire house. 
after the phone conversation, do you know what that was? It was April. But you'll only discover the technology through connection. What he installed in here in April, you'll only begin to figure out through intimacy, through nearness, everything that we have been praying and talking about here today. Because what I have access to in this house, guess what? Every single one of you have access into this house too. Everyone has access to the inheritance of the kingdom that understands that they're beloved and understands that they're a son. Y'all tracking with me? I begin to explain to you that I installed a new technology through your entire house. And from now on, instead of pulling things open with force, things would now only open through facial recognition, through face to face. I showed you that as we walked towards any closed cabinet, any closed drawer, or any closed door, that the technology would recognize your face and open for you automatically. I said to you, Jimmy, things that you had to pull open in the past, now the door will open for you automatically because of you, because of your identity. You will now be more powerful in your efforts and your identity as beloved as you were in your gifts with force. Do you understand when you walk in closeness with Abba and realize you're loved, any door that you think is closed in your life, let me just, can I get personal for a minute? When you know your beloved, any door that you think is closed through your walk with Abba, it has to open because there's a new technology. And you know what the new technology was? Your treasure. It's closed. Nope. A dad's looking you in the face and saying, it's not closed at all. You have full access. Every dream, every door, every cabinet, every dream, every door, every cabinet, we have access to because we're the treasure. Every dream. I said this to CJ England when we were down in Myrtle Beach. I said to him, I said, I taught for years school of ministry, but I realized that not everybody's equipped for ministry. What, what minister do we think? We think ministry of the pulpit. Worship leaders, teachers, all that kind of stuff. We are heading into the apostolic realm of the marketplace where we're not gonna be as apostles so focused on planting churches as we are planting sons. You, you gotta hear what I'm saying. Because listen, most everybody in this room is not called to plant a church, but everybody in this room is called to plant culture. No, listen, not everybody in this room is called to plant a church, but everybody in this room is called to be a plant of the culture of the kingdom of Almighty God to bring a shift to be the light in the darkness. So now we need to do away with schools of ministry and come into schools of sonship at the Father's table where you get identified as beloved and you are loved where you are and you may never hold a microphone in a church, but you may stand on the platform of your local business. 
or city council or PTA or... Because the first mountain you ascend is the hill of the Lord. And then from there, Zion sends you to the spear of the seven. The first hill is the hill of the Lord. And from there... See, you got to understand what Lucifer tried to do. Lucifer tried to take the hill of the Lord and say, you can have the seven mountains. And he, from the hill of the Lord, the Lord said, it's all mine. Do y'all understand what I'm talking about? When he, when he tempted Jesus in the wilderness, the last temptation is he ascends the hill of the Lord that oversees all of creation, tries to pervert scripture and says, if you bow down to me, I'll give you all of it. And Jesus says, I already own it all. So if he already owns it all, you already own it all. But the thing is, you have to ascend the hill of beloved. And when you ascend the hill of beloved, you drown out the voice of Ishmael that says you're not good enough. And you literally hear the voice of Yahweh and say, yep, I'll take that culture over. I'll take that culture over. I'll take that culture over. So that literally the darkness of a generation, when a man lit up shows up, he's here to take over. Correct, sir. We're here to bring light into your woke darkness. Oh God, he said it. I ain't going to camp there because preaching that won't wake them. Showing them how loved they are in their darkness is what will wake them up. If it's screaming at demons, then let's just all stand up and scream at the demon of perversion. Guess what? Nothing. But if you can love the hell out of somebody, he gave his life. How much more will he give? How much religion told me he gave his life. That's enough. He said, no, as an Abba, how much more will I give you, Joe Channel? How much more do I want to give the channels? How much more? How much more? How much more? Everything, Lisa. Everything. He wants to give you your children in the kingdom. He wants to give you healing in your body. He wants to give you everything. He wants to give you financial security. He wants to give you a debt-free home. He wants to, He has a plan that is perfect. And if you put on the eyes of love, you'll see that right where you are is perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. No, 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 no. The snake's going to tell you to put fig leaves on. He's saying, come walk with me. You're perfect where you are. So the answer that we're looking for in inheritance is found in our identity. So that's why the enemy comes in and tries to plague a generation with you constantly saying, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And what do you lose? You lose hope for the unseen. How do we lose hope for the unseen? When you don't realize how much Abba loves you, you'll lose hope that Colton and Maddie will be smack dab in the middle of this. I told you I'm a leaker, right? I told, I'm a leaker. I'm allowed to leak this one. You need to pray for Chad Hunter. You know what you need to pray for Chad Hunter? What me and him texted while I was on vacation. He wants to move to Crestview, Florida. Trap. Because he's going to meet a man by the name of Jason Townsend that he hasn't met yet. And Jason and Chad are going to hit it off. Some people are meant to circle back around. Some people... And you got to get out of this thing of chasing them. You got to let them, because all roads lead to. Oh. 
Sometimes you want to pray, I wish he'd get away from her. I was going, what sissy sung? Come here. Come here. I was, I tell you every day Colton wakes up, I was going, come here. Come here. Every day Marky and Ashley are waking up, I was going, come here. Come here. Come on. Come on. Every day Chad wakes up, come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come on. Come here. Come on. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Every day Katie Lynn wakes up, I was going, come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Every day Debbie Cook wakes up, every come here. Every day, every day, come here, come here. Every day, Joe Trular wakes up. I was going, come here. And you getting seated in here, Dad, is just going to. You laying hands on James. You coming in here, being that man of fire, Michael Trular. What's happening in the room right now? What's happening? The new day. The new you. The new day, the new you that is upon us. Isaiah 62 that we read earlier. For Zion's sake, how can I keep silent about this? How can I keep silent about this? I'm telling you, it's time to let your light shine everywhere that you go. It's time. It's time. For Jerusalem's sake, how can I remain quiet? I will keep interceding until her righteousness breaks forth like the blazing light of dawn and her salvation like a burning torch. Nations will see your victory vindication and every king, listen to what I just said here, every king, remember this phrase, every king, remember this phrase, every king will witness your blinding radiance. You will be called by a brand new name, beloved. We wrestle with beloved identity. Didn't pray enough. Didn't go at. Just get in the middle of it. I don't care what you did through the week, but in that atmosphere in here, just jump in. That's why the altar call is if you're not burning, get in it. Just get in it. Nobody's going to judge you. It's actually you judging yourself. Sitting there back going, I'm not good enough. When we've seen you at your hottest degree. And Abba's going, come here, come here, come here. Why? Because Zion needs you to get the word out. I said it last time. Last time I got in this pulpit and spoke, I said the prodigals are waiting for us to get in unity. All kinds of awesome things happen on vacation. But I also met a man that I've known from a previous ministry who's in another ministry now and wanted to talk to me about how bad the church is he's at. And you know what my advice was to him? Get away from it. If you don't like what's going on there, it ain't good for you to talk crap about it. Get away from it. Because you're not the leader and you're never going to be the leader. And you stirring up division don't help no, but get away from it. Because there's some of us trying to get in a union that we become a light, a city set on a hill that can't be hidden so that orphans can find their way home. And you're sitting here trying to figure out how you're going to change me. You're not my apostle. You ain't going to change me. You're the same person that tries to change your husband. Got quiet. Got quiet. God forbid I'd be a dad. 
Y'all hearing me? You hearing me? Are you hearing me? You will be a beautiful crown held in the hand of Yahweh, a royal crown of splendor held in the open palm of your God. You will never again be called the abandoned one, nor will your land be deserted, but you will be called my delight is in you, which is Hephzibah. He's delighted in you. And your land will be my beloved wife, which is Beulah. And Yahweh finds delight in you, and he will marry your land. As a young man marries the young woman he loves, so your builder sons will marry you. As the bridegroom finds joy, watch, joy in his union with his bride, so will your God take joy in his union with you. You can't tell me this thing's not about union. You can't tell me this thing's not about us coming together. I got to make sure we quit shutting off the AC when I'm up here speaking because it gets hot fast. Are you free? Are you hot? Are you freezing? It's cold. Put a blanket on. I'm doing the work. I'm up here like a worse. Or I need to lose weight. Just pray for me. Either way. Tina's warm. If Tina's warm, it's warm. I promise you, it's warm. So understand this. We want to walk in the fullness of everything that God has for us, understanding that we're the treasure in the hand. How do we come to the part that we understand that we're the treasure in the hand? Apostle's been preaching this beloved identity message for literally eight years now. It's been seven years in the Carolinas, eight years in, or a year in Mobile. And he comes with this revelation of Hephzibah. You're the delight of the Lord, which messes with everybody in the room that struggles with the I'm not good enough thing, which is everybody who got saved under systematic religion. Check the box. That's why when I got around a group of leaders in Columbus, and we wanted to invent check the box, I stood up and said, no way. Because if that happens, somebody who's got an incredible call in their life is gonna go, I don't measure up to your checks in the box. And we may miss out on a son manifesting in the earth, which is what all of creation is groaning for. All of creation is groaning for a son that is beloved. Put up uh, Jeremiah, not Jeremiah, put up uh, Genesis 37 with me. I got to show you something about beloved as this thing begins to get swirled out. Watch. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. Everybody gets the coat of many colors, correct? Everybody gets the tunic, right? But when his brothers saw that the father loved him more than all the brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Watch right here. Here's the struggle with Hephzibah. Here's the struggle with beloved identity. As soon as God starts blessing somebody, we get jealous. Because we were all raised in a hierarchy system. And because we're all raised in a hierarchy system, the moment that you get blessed before I do, this is why the revelation of the treasure in the hand of me first, you first, us first, has to hit deep in our heart. Because we're gonna have to understand, keep that up there until I tell you to take it down. We have to begin to understand that when the coat of many colors went around the one that was in proximity with the father, it was the same 
tunic, which is a royal coat, was the same one in Luke 15 when the prodigal son came home and became the redeemed heir. It was a coat of many colors and a tunic that was put around him as a wandering vagabond that was the one that was in proximity. The coat that fits you that's seated is the coat of the ones that's coming. And we have to understand as the hierarchy system gets torn down in Western Christianity, we're going to have to understand that when your dreams come alive, the more we get interwoven in Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for the good to those that love God, that are called according to his purpose, that when you get blessed, it means mine's on the way. And we struggle with that in American Christianity. That the moment you get blessed, I want to know your method. I'm a son. There is no method. I'm a son. There is no method. I'm a son. There is no check the box. I'm a son. That's right. And I got the same coat coming for me that you have for you. Same coat. We made it, we made it Dolly Parton's coat of many colors that my mama made for me. That's not what it was. It was made of royal linen that when the sun hit it at different angles, it became like the covenant rainbow of God and the sparkle and flow. Joseph became a city set on a hill every time. Every time he walked around his brothers. And watch. The writer writes, the brothers were jealous of him. And even in their jealousy, they still couldn't see their value. This is why Isaiah 62 is so important. Get the word out. What's the word? Don't go to hell. That's not working. The word is this. You're loved by God. You're loved by God. Religion will go, brother, you can't preach that message because then they'll do whatever they want to do. If they ever really come awoke to the love of God and get swallowed up in an ocean of his love, you can't think evil thoughts. Come on, every adult, get in the room. Get in the room with me. Get in the room with me. You grew up in systematic Christianity and you couldn't discipline your way through it. You couldn't discipline your way through your attitude. You couldn't discipline your way through your pornography. You couldn't discipline you through smoking your cigarettes when nobody watched you in the church because that was a check the box. You're going to hell if you smoke cigarettes, but you smoke cigarettes anyway. Come on, am I in the room with some people that grew up in the church of God and assemblies of God? You were hypocrites according to them and they love to call you hypocrites from the pulpit because they can never call you son because they didn't have a coat. And when a coat was given to somebody else in the system, they acted like the other brothers and not the dreamer. I want to see the man in the coat that's going around telling, hey, I had a dream about you and me. You did? Yeah. There were 12 sheaves. Oh, really? See, what they didn't realize was, do you know how valuable a bundle of a sheaf was? The dreamer was telling them their beloved. He was getting the word out, but their heart had hierarchy position. Because they didn't get the understanding revelation of Joseph first, then me next, then all of us. 
But Joseph didn't give up on him. Joseph had a coat. And Joseph comes to him again and he has a dream. And this time he doesn't just have a dream for the brothers. He also has a dream for the dead. And he says, I see the stars and the moon. And guess what? I was the sun. And you all bowed down to the sun. And they couldn't dream about legacy. And they couldn't dream about tomorrow because they never saw themselves as the treasure in their hand unless they were the chosen one. But now we're beginning to understand as one is chosen, we're all chosen. As Jesus was chosen, we were all chosen. That's why under that covenant... They couldn't leave it the way it was. Jesus had to come as the son that we will all bow down to the son. But watch, it's the story. You'll bow down to the son, but you get all the inheritance of the son. And the only way you'll understand the dreamer, the only way you'll begin to understand is if you're a dreamer too. Because if you're not a dreamer, you'll never understand the dreamer. And if you allow your heart to stay independent, hierarchy mode, position mode, all about pressing, if I could work the hardest, if I could win Jacob's love, if I could win Israel's love, if I could just win their love, if I could just win their affection, if I could just get their attention, if they would just see me. Do you know what that kind of attitude does in the kingdom family? Makes you miserable. He didn't talk to me. Tried to tell you my dream. He didn't shake my hand. Tried to tell you my dream. Tried to talk to you about a plaza. Tried to talk to you about having a father named Damon. Your heart was so wounded, you couldn't dream with me. So you got offended by me because I won't stop dreaming. And I'm never going to stop dreaming because I've got a coat on that's called Beloved that sparkles and flows. And the sun shines on me today and it's going to shine on me tomorrow and it's going to shine on me next month and it's going to shine on me a year from now. Why? Because I've got the vision of love goggles on and everything's perfect because I'm right on time and I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And even if I'm wayward, he's got a coat waiting on me. We lost some people. We lost some people along the way. Because they didn't want to roll with us. They wanted to take my dream and coat away. They wanted to throw my name in a pit. They wanted to take goat's blood, not sheep's blood. Because sheep's blood would represent mercy. Come on, they didn't, they couldn't use, they were shepherds. And when they betrayed, oh, I'm gonna preach, I'm gonna preach. When they betrayed their dreaming brother, they couldn't take sheep's blood that covers sin, covers wrongdoing. They had to take goat's blood that was manipulative, that was lying, that was... But guess what? That pit can't hold the dreamer. 
and he found favor there. The same favor he found with dad, he found in the slavery. And he was the same favor he found in the prison. And it's the same favor he found in the palace to the point, guess what? His dream came true. Do you know what people don't teach about the story of Joseph? That when they figured out that little brother was in charge of all the land, their family was so anointed to lead they led all the agricultural livestock of all of Egypt. But it had to take the favor of one brother to remain in honor, to remain in integrity, to get them all to the place of the finish line. So what am I saying to everybody in this room? I'm saying don't quit. Don't give up. I'm saying have hope for the unseen. I'm telling you, be Joseph. I'm telling you, parade around in your favor. Parade around. Let them throw goat's blood all over you. Let them lie about you. Let them persecute you. Let them tear you down. And you parade like you're on the boardwalk. Just strut your hips. Throw your hair back. Know that you're loved by God. I'm Hephzibah. I am the delight of God. God's dreams are going to come alive in me. They're going to come alive in my kids. They're going to come alive in my grand. I don't care what you think about me and he did not do that with arrogancy he did it with honor (laughs) so it makes it easy to begin to understand what apostle was saying to me to you about we can open any door I'm gonna get you Do you realize the face-to-face access is actually the key of David, which is the key of beloved that opens doors that no man can shut and begins to shut doors? And we thought the key was us getting up in a prophetic segment and wiggling keys around and going, my God, we're locking up Biden. You didn't do a good job. He tripped the other day. Your prophetic summit didn't work. He's still eating ice cream, riding bicycles. He ain't locked up. So I don't know where your authority went with your keys. I'll tell you where it went. You weren't beloved. Think about if it was rather than revenge of Trump's presidency, and it would have been the word of the Lord that beloved stands up and says the election was stolen. What, what would it have been if beloved identity stood up and said, you won, wasn't fair, but now we're going to flood you with love and now we're going to flood you with honor and now... We have the ability to open every single dream through one identification, you being you fully alive in the love of God and saying not with arrogancy, I don't give a flip. I am who I am that Jesus says that I am. I have walked with him in the cool of the day and he loves me. Guess what happens when you know that's really happening? You ain't got to prove it. You ain't got to put your fake face on Facebook. 
Your light becomes so radiant, you ain't got to tell anybody. You ain't got to try to convince anybody. Usually everybody that puts their marriage on social media about every two, three days or every day, they really have a struggle in marriage. And then everybody who's trying to convince everybody that they're in the will of God and they're in the best place I've ever been in my life. Here's what I'm going to ask you. How do you honor? Because if you're throwing goat's blood on people, you're not in a good place. But he's got a coat waiting for you. He's got a coat waiting for you. And at some point, you're going to say, I'm sorry. And at some point, you're going to have to come into reclamation. At some point, you're going to have to come into reconciliation. And at some point, you're going to have to begin to love people. There's a party about to be thrown. They have prayed and prayed and prayed for prodigals to come home. It's about to happen. You want to know why? When the bride understands they're loved. Because right now, if prodigals come home, most of the American church will point their finger and say, I told you so. They'll act like the older brother and not the dad. Man, I'm giving you guys something. I'm giving you guys something because this house is going to have their arms wide open. This house. Don't make a big deal out of me. Have you read the gospel? Luke 15. We're going to make a big deal out of you. We're going to fire up the fatted calf. We're going to get the ring. We're going to get the robe. And we're going to tell you the same dreams you had with Abba when he first put the coat on you are the same dreams that Abba has for you now. Man, hear me. Hear me. This is about beloved identity. How do we know that we're coming into the place of beloved identity? Romans 8, go figure, gives us the perfect example of us coming into beloved. And there's no checklist. The first thing it says in Romans 18 right here, it says, I'm convinced. What are you convinced of? That the pit, that the prison was all worth it. My money's not worth it. My money's not good. My marriage ain't good. Put the lens of beloved identity on. Oh man, I see you. I see you. I see you. How can you keep telling me you love me? How? It's called a lens of love that keeps no records of wrong. It keeps no records of wrong. Why do you keep pointing out Justin? Because Justin is significant. And Abba's just wanting to speak through me to keep hitting his heart to tell him how significant he is. I'm convinced. Paul said, I'm convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory. Can you imagine Joseph saying this? But your brothers betrayed you. And everybody lied on you. And they stabbed you in the back and they took your coat. But I'm going to get my coat back. And this time when I get the tunic back, which is a royal robe, I'm going to get it from Pharaoh. And he's going to give me a crown. And he's going to give me a ring. It's the same thing as the prodigal son. Wow. You never saw that, did you? Pharaoh gave him a ring. Pharaoh gave him charge over all the food, which would kind of make it a feast. Similarities there, isn't there? How did Joseph endure? How did the dreamer endure? He knew he was loved. Because a loving father put a coat on him and watch. 
even when he felt like a loving father betrayed him, the first thing he asks when he sees his brothers is, is my dad still alive? Because he knew nothing could take the place of a father's love. What if the revival we're waiting on is literally this, us, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, I'm not asking you that. That's not what I'm asking in this room. Every time I come in here and preach, it's not what I'm asking. I'm not asking Deanna and Jason before they go plant a church, are you going to heaven? Are you pierced by the righteousness that you're loved by daddy? Because if you are, when they betray you, when they lie on you and throw goat's blood on you, you'll keep pressing on. When people are looking at me going, how do you do it? How? How do you do it? Because he loves me. He loves me. And I don't go off the word of the brothers that despised me. I go off of a spiritual father and a biological mom and people that really love me. And I surround myself with real, genuine, covenant love. And you know what it does every time? Makes me not want to quit. Are there days that I even look at my wife and go, I don't know if I can do this anymore. You don't think there's not days I don't wake up pastoring this and go, I don't know if I can do this anymore. But you know what I can't do? Buy into that lie. I can't come in agreement with that lie. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through the pulling down of the strong pools to the very point of our imagination. This is where Romans 12 has to become real. My mind has to be on the good things of God and not the negative things that are going wrong. I can't dwell on the fact that I got thrown in a pit because that's not going to last tomorrow. And I can't dwell on the fact that I'm sitting in a prison because that's not going to last either. I'm going to hit a place of this dream where all of this is going to come alive. Why? Because I'm Joseph. Because I'm Joseph. Who told you you were Joseph? My dad. My dad told me I was Joseph. My dad told me I'm a dreamer. My dad put a coat on me. My dad showed me love. A love that, listen, hit such satisfaction in me that even in a day that it feels like it's all falling apart and the whole world has betrayed me, I know that the new day is coming. The new you is coming. I'm not gonna be the one in the slavery. I'm not gonna be in the one in jail. I'm gonna be the one who sits on a throne and is a king. What did I tell you? What word did I tell you to say again? He's going to gather kings together. You know, there's people in this region that's forgot their kings. Why would God send a connecting, networking apostle into this so you could bring people to this so that they could be told they're a king? Ask him. He's like John the Beloved. He knows he is. He's like, I don't plant churches. I connect the kingdom. He wouldn't check people's boxes, but God knows who he is. What happens when you go to work tomorrow knowing who you are? What happens when you wake up tomorrow knowing who you are? What happens? What really happens when you find out who you are? You'll get away from this, I'm gonna quit stuff. Can I, can I finish here in Romans? And then I feel like I'm going to land this thing. And then we'll head into Corinthians next week. Is that good? Yeah. 
Good for everybody? I'm still going to read Jeremiah before I leave because I have to. But we'll get into more of the unseen next week. I'm convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of the glory of God that is about to be unveiled within us. What was 2 Corinthians chapter 4? We look like ordinary jars of clay, but what's in us? What's in us? What's in us? What's in us? Come on. There's nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within not just me, but us. Okay? The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. Let me say it to you like this. You guys ready? Streetsboro is standing on tiptoe. Prove it. Sign the deed. It's about to happen. For a hierarchy? No, for a family. There are restaurants and businesses that need to start without having stupid high rent to pay so somebody could get their tax off. I was trying to be satisfied, David, with just owning the middle part of the building. My spiritual father told me, dude, don't you ever say that again. And he said, don't ever send, he said, don't, don't send me a text of your strategy on how to buy that. He said, God's gonna give it to you. Come on. Not knowing that's the same thing God told me when I was walking around. He gave his life. How much more could he give? He's gonna give us a plaza. How much more can he give? What are you dreaming about? What are you dreaming about? What are you literally dreaming about that the God of the universe put inside of you that he wants you to accomplish? He wants you to accomplish it. He put it inside of you, wants to unveil it to you. To the world, Corinthians says, you look like a common jar of clay, but God wants to reveal his glory in you because the answer for the world around us is the one that is within us. Y'all, y'all trailing with me? Don't fall asleep. I've been, I've been rested. I'm ready to go. I'll preach till 10 o'clock. You better amen me if you want to shut me down. That's all I'm saying. I'll keep going till I get an Amen. I still got a little, I still got a little system in me. I like an amen crowd. I, ain't, I wasn't raised Baptist. I was raised Church of God, Pentecostal. Oh, Papa, that's right. Oh. So the earth, listen, Streetsboro, get the word out to Zion, is longing for the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. For against its will, the universe itself has to endure the empty futility sorry, resulting from the consequences of human sin. But now the eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom God, coming to God's children. To this day, we are aware of the universal agony and groaning of creation. So we understand this. Can we just, can I, can I slow it down? Can I slow it down? We understand the groaning of creation. Wanting what? Watch. Wanting what? Do you think if we stop abortion, they'll quit complaining? Do you think if we shift same-sex marriage, the complaining will stop? The complaining won't stop until they realize they're loved. So we, in false justification, go, if we stop abortion, 
if we stop the woke transgender thing, you'll find something else to complain about. What stops complaining is when creation comes in contact with someone who knows who they are. This is why I don't like, to be honest with you, it struggles with me when we try to invade the church with counseling. Well, the Bible says that there's wisdom in the spirit of counsel. Understand what I'm saying. There's a difference in the wisdom of counsel of you finding direction and you sitting in counseling and telling your story over and over and over and over and over and over and my marriage is bad and my marriage is bad and my marriage is bad and relationships are bad and I'm bad and I'm no good and I'm a piece of trash and I'm an orphan and I'm not loved and I'm alone and I'm broken and you go to counselor after counselor after counselor after counselor. I didn't go to that many counselors. No, you went to false prophet after false phone prophetess after coffee bar after coffee bar complaining about your life and complaining got you nowhere till you get connected to somebody who's fully alive and says you're loved right where you are we got too many blind leading the blind listen to me we got too many blind leading the blind we got too many blind leading the blind you got too many blind leading the blind before I take counsel from anyone who are you under the authority of That leaven's almost out of this church. It's almost out. It's not out yet. It's almost out. It's almost out. It's almost out. Because Shauna's realizing in the council of the seven spirits, one of them is wisdom. You got more right there than you ever did talking to somebody on the telephone. You got more right there laying in an altar with a spiritual mom rather than her allowing you to vent to her. Ooh, I'm going to hit a home run. I'm going to make Jezebel mad. To this day, to this day, we are aware of the universal agony and the groaning of creation. And if it were in, watch, in the contractions of labor of childbirth, and it's not just creation. We who have already experienced the first fruits of the Spirit also inwardly groan. We groan. What are we groan for? For other people to become fully alive in the love of God. For them to not sit on the outskirts when God's moving on eight-year-old little kids and you sit over there and fake it till you make it. Am I offending you? I felt kickback. Tina said, not me. Because Tina's over there crying with eight-year-old little boy. Well, brother, I don't have to cry. You may not have to cry, but you have to respond. Go to England. Let the king walk in the room and you sit your butt still and do nothing. See what happens. It's quiet. Let me say that again. Go to England. Get in the presence of the king and don't respect him and see what happens. But I thought this message is a beloved identity. It is. You're stuck. And I'm trying to help you get unstuck. And this is what I've learned. Thank God I've learned this. I won't chase you. I'll preach like this and make you mad. Till you either get in or get out. 
because we're going to get so unified, prodigals are going to bust down the wall. And your little soapbox kitchen table of Jimmy Lovejoy is going to come to an end. Well, it'll come to an end in here. You'll keep talking about me for three years after you're gone. Some people laughed. Some people got mad because there are people mad at me in this church right now. And I don't care because I've got a coat. (laughs) 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 Ah! Ah! Dude, there's, I mean, there are some mad people on that live stream right now want to choke me, but we'll have a coat waiting for you when you come home. Yes. Man. Oh, man. We as saints of God inwardly groan with passion. Listen, not your hands in your pocket. With passion. We long to experience our full status as God's beloved sons and daughters, including our physical bodies. Watch. Being transformed. I'm going to hit it. Guess what the weight loss program is for America? You're loved. You're loved. You're loved. Do you want to know the secret? Momo's lost 100 pounds. Why? She loves her grandkids. She loves her children. And I made one statement to my mom. I said, do you want to be there when they get married? And she said, yes. And I said, then you, out of love, need to change something. That's how she lost 100 pounds. Not keto. You know what she did? Those that are led by the Spirit, she would cook a meal and go, is this good for this temple? And Holy Spirit would say, nope. It's quiet in here. But we've got to get healthy, Northgate. Including me. We've got to get healthy. And listen, not healthy for outward appearance. Healthy for here. She didn't do this for looks so she could get a new pair of pants. Matter of fact, we had to force her to buy clothes. No, this is not a joke. We had to force her to buy clothing because she was not doing it to look in the mirror. She was doing it to see her walk down an aisle and watch him walk down an aisle and watch him graduate from high school and watch her great-grandchildren come into the earth. That's why she started to govern what was coming in her body because of love. Love began to govern her, not so that my dad would be attracted to her and not so that she would feel beautiful. She started realizing, I'm loved by God. I love my kids. I love my grandkids. I love all of you. And I'm gonna let love guide me through this transformation into what that becomes hope of my salvation the scripture says you long to experience the full status of sons and daughters including what our physical bodies being transformed okay weight loss now what about your infirmities my thyroid send love to it my arthritis send love to it worked for him Loved him enough as a son. To, we're going to stop identifying him as having juvenile arthritis. Come on. He got prayed for in January. And from January to March, you're healed. Do you believe you're healed? Yes, I'm healed. Do I still have pain? Yes, but you're loved. You're loved, son. You're loved. 
You're loved. Believe, we would every morning, Trenton, believe God's healing you. He's healing your body. He's healing your body. He's healing your body. He would have good days. Healing your body of cancer, huh, Rhonda? He's healing me. He's healing me. He's healing me. Until what? The report comes of the miracle happened. You're completely 100% healed to the what? The point that we tell the doctor, we forgot to give him the shot for four months. Well, you might want to give him the shot. No, no. I just wanted you to say that he don't have it no more. And then I wanted to tell you it wasn't because of your medicine, which I honor medicine. And we took the medicine the way the doctor told us until we had a miracle happen right here. And then he said, I'm not taking, he said, I didn't as his father. He said, I don't want the shot anymore. I have no pain. And we keep it in the refrigerator as a memorial stone every time we open it up. That shot, that shot's months old now. Months old. Months old. Why do we need beloved identity? Because it's the answer for infirmity. It's the answer for weight loss. It's the answer for drug addiction. It's the answer for your marriage. It's the, all darkness in the earth is looking for one thing, love. And love will become the hope for the unseen. I'm almost done. How many times have I said that? twice this is two it's sad y'all keep track of that i'm just telling you right now it's sad y'all keep track of that it's sad it's sad y'all keep track of that (laughs) watch transformations come into your physical body for this is the hope of our salvation not fear But hope means that we must trust and wait. Justin, hear me on this. We must hope and we must trust and we must wait for what is unseen. For why would we need to hope for something if we already have it? He wants you to hunger for hope. He wa- that's why we had hope sing over you. Shout to the Lord because his promise, oh, He'll move a mountain. For we, for why would we need to hope for something if we already have it? So because our hope is set on what is yet to be seen, we patiently keep waiting for its fulfillment. What does it mean to patiently wait, love? It's love, Leah. It's love. Every day that you wake up and dream about the land and the house, it's love. It's love, not frustration. It's love because the answer's coming and it's coming faster than you realize. Put up Jeremiah for me. Kings, right? Kings, kings, kings. This has to go global. This has to go global. Watch. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Say me. Me. It came to me saying, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Watch. I ordained you. Are you ready? I gave you revelation of this. You should have been ready for this. Don't say prophet. What's the same word as prophet in the Hebrew? Son of man. 
I, or Because what will happen is when we read this scripture text, we'll go, I'm not a prophet, but you're the son of man. I ordained you, son of man, to be nations. Then said I, the Lord, behold, I cannot speak, for I am what? Just getting started. See, Jeremiah was saying it as young, but I'm saying this as the North Gate who ain't been around long. I'm saying this for you that haven't had a business for 20 years or 30 years or 40 years or I'm only a youth. Good, good. I like to take the foolish things to shame the wise. I need you to put a little shock in the water because you're young. I need you to trust me to put the right ingredients in the entrepreneur to clear this thing up so the, the light of God can begin to shine. I need you to speak Zion. I need you to get the word out. I need you to tell everybody you're the treasure in his hand. I need you to tell them that you're beloved, but I'm just a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say, dude, stop saying, I ain't done this long enough yet. Everything in this room is a word of the Lord. Everything and everybody in this room is a word of the Lord. Everything in this, did you not read Ashley Romans 8? I'm convinced that these sufferings, this pit, this prison is gonna turn into a palace. This pit, this prison is gonna turn into a palace. This pit, this prison is gonna turn into a palace. They put goat's blood on me, but this pit, this prison is gonna turn into a palace. This thing is gonna work out for good because all things work together for the good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. And I told you, Jeremiah, speak. Why? Why me? For you shall go to all whom I send you and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Don't be afraid of their faces for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put, watch, the Lord put forth in his hand and touched his mouth. Watch, then the Lord put forth his hand, touched his mouth. You're the treasure in his hand. He's touching your lips. He touched Jeremiah's lips, but according to Isaiah, he's got you and everybody with you in his hand. You know what this means, Ed? I can't lose. Everything's perfect, Adam, right now. But, 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 no buts. Do you know what, you know what the but is? Fear. Fear. This thing's gonna work out. Do you know why it's gonna work out? Because I put my words in your mouth. When you say can't, you're putting your words in there. He, when he sent you into all this, he never said you couldn't. He always said go. He never said you couldn't. He always said go. He never said don't. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms, which would be over the kings. Yeah. 
to root out and pull down and to destroy and throw down, to build up and to plant. Watch. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? Hope for the unseen. Now he's asking him, what do you see? This is what he sees. He said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. What do you see? What do you, do you see? All of, this is what God's asking the Northgate. Do you see any fruit anywhere? If you see fruit, guess what? He's about to perform his word. If you saw anything positive this week, he's about to bust it open. He's about to bust. He didn't say it was his olive branch. He just said, I saw an olive branch sprouting forth. And God said, good, because I'm about to do some stuff. Now, because you can see me do it in somebody else, now I'm about to do it in you. (laughs) Then the word of the Lord came to him a second time saying this. What do you see? I see a boiling pot. It's facing away from the north. Then the Lord said to me, out of the north, Calamity shall break forth on all the inhabitants of the land. If you see fruit, guess what's about to sprout forth? Harvest is coming to the north. Watch this. It says calamity. Change is coming. Change is coming. For behold, I'm calling all the families of the kingdoms of the north, he said, And they shall come and each one set his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem against all its walls all around and against all the cities of praise. Something's happening in the north. Something's happening in the north. And I would say this out of all the regions I've preached in, Apostle Bo, you can correct me in this if, if I'm wrong. But out of all the regions I've been around, this is one of the most divided regions, I believe, in all of America. We are petrified to come together. You know why? Because the moment these kings start gathering and finding out their beloved, that's why the cows bring the kings together before the kingdoms. Hear me on this. Once the north starts becoming in union, Isaiah 62, the builder's sons will marry the land. But before we can think about building, watch, before we can think about building, we got to think about one thing, we're loved. We're loved. We're loved. And Prophet Mike told us today that the builder's sons is not just entrepreneurs. It's anybody who's seated and has a voice that can unlock doors. Are you ready? I'm going to say, I'm going to say the piece that he said of the conversation that we were having. Don't make this about this. Listen to me. Don't make this about this. But do you want to know one of the major conversations in the dream that he didn't text me that he told me in the phone conversation was, he told me this. He said in the dream, he was talking to me about 
what's, how's it going now that Deshaun Watson is coming to the North Gate? Yeah. Let that sink in. He said Deshaun Watson came to the North Gate because he couldn't find any church that wouldn't judge him for his past. And I'm telling you, there's connection in the NFL through Derek Carr of where to find houses about beloved identity. And Deshaun Watson came running to this house to just be loved by God. But you know what you can't have in this place? An opinion about people. Now, you want to know how real this part of the dream is? We then tell Apostle Damon, she's had multiple dreams of Miles Garrett and Nick Chubb. And listen, people are going to watch this and be like, this is, this is garbage. It will be till they're in here. It will, it will be till they're in here. Because there are people in the earth wanting this right here. They're done with the fake and the phony. They, they don't want a program. They want the first hour and a half to be in full engagement in the encounter of the love of God. Watching eight-year-olds get just baptized in the Holy Spirit. Watching married couples embrace. This is what the earth's groaning for. And guess what? We still are too. Till what? We become completely transformed in the earth. You don't think that this is an announcement in the earth? Youth, are you ready? There's two songs that these kids have been trumpeting to us. When Layla's here, she sings, you say, believe. I believe, I believe. What does he say about me? What do you say about me? What do you say about me, Abba? And then these two girls sing, he loves us. If the real question in this house is not what sin are you in, if it will really come down to this, you know it would stop every piece of sin in the earth? Stop focusing on your sin and go have a walk with the one that loves you who still showed up for the walk even though you sinned. Because the moment you take the walk with beloved identity, guess what you're not paying attention to? The sin that you did yesterday. And you know what the system does? Everybody, don't do this, but everybody stand. We're going to have an altar call so you can go repent of your sin. You know what they're really telling you to do? Grovel and stay in our system. And you'll lie, saying, God is good all the time, all the time, God is good, brother. I'm doing great, brother. Brother, brother Nietzsche, I'm great. God is good. I, and inside you're screaming, what does he say about me? And does he love me? What does Jesus say about me? And does he love me? And if you're constantly asking that question about God, then when you look at a brother or sister, what do they say about me? And do they love me? This is why we need immersed and beloved identity. So you'll start looking at brothers and sisters going, what do you say about me? Do you love me? And the dangerous thing to the kingdom of darkness that we don't talk about that has to bow down to sons and daughters is when you find out you're loved, you put your coat on. I'm going to take over Egypt. I'm going to shine. My Conor McGregor walk. I didn't say that until BB came in the room. The spirit of MMA came right in the room. 
Does anybody want to confess their sin and ask Jesus into their heart? <laughs> Dude, you can't have a message like this and then tell you to go grovel. You have a message like this and you go take, go take over the world. Yes. <laughs> Till demons start manifesting going, they want to take over the world. Yeah, we do, but we just want to show love. We just want to show love. We just, we just want to show love. We just want to show love to the Jamies coming here tonight in this atmosphere and just weeps and dreams till Caden puts his arm around his sister. What is going to happen at camp when we don't talk about sin for four days? But we literally just keep telling you guys how loved you are and dream. Thank you for listening to this message from the North Gate. If you would like to donate to this ministry, please go to www.thenorthgateoh.com and click on the link at the bottom of the homepage.